0: This is Lead Stories. I'm Retreats Lead. Good to be with you today. And today we're talking about something that you should have some opinions about. Trying to get a sense from you as to what is your attitude in general about elections. What has shaped your attitude toward elections? Especially, of course, we are in the election season, and it's all about elections, midterm elections, and the the major elections are coming up right after that, and all kinds of crazy things are happening, scandals and people expressing strange opinions and whatnot. But it doesn't really get you to the point of asking some basic questions. Why do we have elections? Are elections necessary anymore? What else has come into play that has, has made elections almost uh, unnecessary? There are so many different ways now in which public policy is affected and decisions are made without people having to vote. So is this a a ritual that we just keep having, or do you really believe that there is a purpose, a very important and vital purpose to elections? All right. So that's the question. What is your general attitude about elections? And what has shaped your attitude? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. And we should get started right away. You should be overflowing with opinions about this question. What Is your attitude in general about elections? Are they necessary? Why do we keep having them? When we are clear that decisions indeed are made, but not necessarily by voters. (laughs) There's a whole different world that decides what the country is going to do. So what has shaped your attitude toward elections in general. 888-874-4888, let me get myself set up here. More and more people are turning away. They, They find themselves turned off by this whole idea of elections. And the whole political system is you know it has them very frustrated they don't seem to have as much faith or respect or even desire to participate in elections anymore and there's there's good reason i'm not suggesting that we all should think that way but it's there's good reason well let's start out with ed from queens Who's on the line? Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going, you piece, You know, it's it's going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I
0: hear you. It's uh, going.
1: Me and the song, me and the song, still here, still hanging. <laughs> That's great. Hang on to your thumbs. <laughs> um, to, uh, to be honest, totally honest with you, election on a national level, as far as I'm concerned, are a waste of time. They're uh, they just a panacea to to uh, to cajole the masses into believing that this is some type of democracy on a local level. I believe they're more effective insofar as if you participate in them, and the direct—the direct results you can see, based on my experience, as I've said before, I'm a poll worker in New York State, and I have been for the past five years, so, you know, uh, on and off for the past five elections, rather. And uh, you can see the results in local elections because I believe the, the boots on the ground, as far as city councilmen, as far as uh, uh, even to the mail, there's a group you can you can have an active influence on your per, on on your your personal life and your your immediate environment. So that's where I put my stock as far as dealing with elections, as far as campaigning, as far as polling. And as far as trying to reach people and influencing them to vote, but on the national level, it's a joke. I mean, it's far too much money in politics. There's far too much cult of personality. The leaders on the national level, on a local level also, but on a national level more so, because you really can't get your hands on them, so to speak. But they're self-serving. They're, they're millionaires themselves, and and they don't uh, they don't they don't carry to the to the common man, to the common person. So I think they're just a joke. And, uh, like I said, this country needs some type of revolution to get out of this electoral circus that we are forced to participate in every two to four years. What
0: is that revolution going to look like? If it's going to have any impact, uh, in terms of changing the attitude such as what you, you're discussing now about elections?
1: I, I don't really know what it's going to look like as far as it either being violent or or just a general uprising of people in mass, similar to what happened with uh, George Floyd and uh, the protest then. I figure it would take that type of uh, complexion. Um, I, I just think when the people have reached the critical mass of being fed up and And the more information and the more education it gets out there and people start to really see how much of a lie this political system is, uh, eventually it'll burst. But as far as the specifics, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I believe it's far off. I don't think it'll be in my lifetime, but uh, it's coming. Definitely it's coming.
0: So come election day, will you be reporting to cast your vote?
1: Yeah, like I said, in the local elections, I, I always, I'm always i a, a down-valid voter, voter. I always take a look at who's running locally, uh, who's running for city council, who's running for the mayor, who's running for public advocate. Because like I said, it's been my experience that you can reach out to those people on a more efficient level. And even though they are still politicians, you can, you, you, you can force their hand to a certain extent. And and you can see the immediate results, as opposed to the national level, which is just a lot of lip service most of the time. Wow. Okay. So
0: you 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 will be voting this year? Yeah, local elections definitely. I'll be voting yes. Local elections, and you're not sure
1: yet what you're doing
0: nationally.
1: Nationally, I mean, I'm going to be working during the election as far as a poll worker, but I don't know if I'm going to act as me voting. Cause like I said, there's no, there's no one that really, that I really think will have any effect on the political system at large on a national level. That's going to benefit me as a, as an American citizen and as a voter. I just think mm. they're all full of garbage. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for getting us started. And with your very frank opinion, as usual, thanks a lot for calling Thank in. You. You. Brother David from Brooklyn, you're up next. What is the the meaning of elections in your view? Oh, we're not hearing him. Okay. 888 is a number to call. We're talking about elections. What's, of what value are elections? And what is your general attitude toward electionists? And what impressed you most, uh, or should I say, what affects you most when you think about elections? What are you thinking have we have we yet to achieve the the original aim and objective of what elections are supposed to be? Are we close? are we way too far off what what are you thinking and in the upcoming elections, what are you likely to do? Are you going to vote or are you going on strike, what are you doing? 888-874-4888. We lost Brother David. So if you're hearing this, please call again and we can get you back on air. The question becomes important because we hear every election season, how important it is to democracy and to the notion of what this nation is supposed to mean to us and how we participate and shape the direction of the nation and all of that kind of stuff. But we also are hearing increasingly from the other side of of that argument that says, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about elections. Jeremiah from Harlem, you're on the air.
2: Hi, Trees. Interesting Hi. topic as usual. Um, <laughs> yeah, as far as these elections go, um and and all elections in this country, uh, moving forward, I mean I, I find myself completely disenchanted and um you know, I don't think I have the uh the wherewithal to vote lesser of two evils anymore. If there's a very particular issue that um, needs to be voted for or against, then I'll make a tactical vote um, as that's appropriate. But the, uh, the automatic just, um, you know, the Democrats get my lesser of two evils vote is, is over. And um, you know, it's mostly around, you know, what my issue is medical mandates. I feel like that was just a total invasion of privacy, a total attack against my personhood. So I'm not really, you know, that forgiving in that respect. You know, I'll I'll forgive an innocent mistake, but I won't forgive an outright transgression against my person. So that doesn't make me any uh, more enthusiastic about the Republican party either. I feel the two parties are basically one party pretending to be two and it's really a, a unified party of corporate domination, a, uh, a pro-war party that uh, you know uses certain identity politics issues and uses the issue of abortion to sort of pretend to be two parties. But meanwhile, the system of militarism and corporatism stays well intact. And it's also just such an unbelievable thing how all of these politicians are able to say one thing and then just plainly contradict themselves, and no one even bothers to mention it. I mean, the people who voted for the person don't seem offended. The media doesn't cover it. And, you know, there's no no mention of the fact of, you know, for example, Biden saying that he wouldn't trust the Trump vaccine and then turns around and mandates it, or Trump running on building a wall, and then, well, he doesn't build a wall because he couldn't. And um, which, you know, I'm glad he didn't, but that's what he ran on. And there was no wall that was built, maybe like fixed one little section of the wall or something. And then he bragged about that. Um, you know, uh, Obama saying he was going to close Guantanamo. He didn't, you know, so they could just say whatever they want, don't have to follow up or just plainly contradict themselves with no penalty. So that, that dynamic makes the system a sham to me. So, you know, I wouldn't tell someone to vote or not vote but I would just suggest that it's extremely overrated on the list of political actions, and somehow people really need to connect with other people to make things happen in the real world.
0: But since voting is so closely connected, not that you or any other person does this, that this is how the system works, that voting is very closely connected with the notion of citizenship, your, your duty as a citizen, uh, your identity as, quote, an American, unquote. Are you uncomfortable about standing aside, saying, I don't approve of this system at all, so I'm not even going to pretend that it, it has that much meaning to me?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly prepared for that. I mean, you know, I think we should start dealing in reality, but that's very hard to do because we've all been conditioned on Santa Claus and, you know, various, you know, fantastical images produced by Disney and and so on and so on and so forth. We've been kind of conditioned in a lot of fantasy and fanciful thinking. And, um, you know, then that just shifts right into the political sphere seamlessly. Or penchant for fantasy.
0: Do do you ever think about this particular aspect of your life? How did you How did you become so jaded? Some people would ask. You, you are not optimistic. You don't sound patriotic. You sound distant. How did you get to be this way? That's
2: true. I, I don't consider myself much of a patriot. Um, how, did I, how did I get to be this way? Good question, I guess, because I know, knew about the history of my own family members and what they experienced just because of the color of their skin and then how that history goes back to a period of outright enslavement and genocide against the indigenous population here. So I just grew up very sensitive, um, and, and aware of the conditions of African people in this country and the fact that there was an indigenous population here which consisted of many different tribes with their own cultures and languages who did achieve levels of civilization um, that we, you know, generally are not aware of. We're just aware of how these people were eradicated, but a lot of wisdom was lost. And, um, you know, I feel connected to that spirit of the indigenous people all over the world who have been pretty much you know pushed aside or crushed by industrial capitalism and now we have all these people who you know are hot shots who maybe have sort of an anthropology sort of attitude about the whole thing you know they'll go visit a native american reservation and then write a book about it and you know use it as a a mark of authenticity, but you know, a lot of folks who who think that they're woke are completely disconnected, in fact, from the real people of the planet, the people who actually are connected with the actual earth still, the indigenous people, you know, the 1%, if you will, that are still connected with their indigenous selves
0: So, for you, elections should have greater meaning than just who you're voting for and who's winning. But it should have a deeper meaning uh, about connectivity to the real business of self-governance or shaping how the nation governs itself.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the electoral system is a system that's been dominated, like Brother David has reiterated many times, um, by the elites, by the oligarchs, and um, you know, the the notion of the common person having any say in the matter is is primarily an illusion. Um, I shouldn't even say primarily. It's entirely an illusion. And, um, you know, I used to vote sort of lesser of two evils voting, just not feeling that it was a very significant act at any point, but just feeling that, well, if there's a democratic process or the beginnings of a democratic process, it could hopefully evolve into something more authentic than it's worth participating in. But um, I'm not pleased with the result. of of my voting over the years, you know, to the point that, like I said, in the first place, I'm completely disenchanted with the process.
0: Okay. Well, you gave us a guided tour. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your, your very deep thoughts about this process. I appreciate it. Speaking of brother David, he's back with us.
3: You're on the air, Brother David. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon. uh, When I was in the classroom regularly, I found out that uh, to get your position across, you had to go in the same direction many, many times. You would teach children, for example, and, uh, you know, I used to teach a lot of pilots, and to get people who uh, were coming from families that (laughs) told them that, uh, no, uh, you're a black person. You can't be a pilot. And so forth. uh, is very difficult. And one has to go over and over again that you can tell them some truth. Now, how does that apply to your question? I look at it this way. I have to say, it is absolutely positively an illusion that this is a democracy, and that was the intent of the the criminals, many of them uh, slave owners, or participate in the slave system that wrote the constitution. Democracy is the last thing that they ever wanted. And we don't have democracy today. As I said before, you're not in democracy. You're in a plutocracy, which is a government by the rich and powerful. And that is what we had. Now, we may have so-called elections. And many of us understand that we don't have a system of any... Political party. We have one body now. Many of us have agreed on that uh, and broken up into two divisions. That's all we have, and those parties do not represent. You got to tell people they don't represent the people of this year. They represent the less than one percent who run the country. Period. They do things sometimes that gives certain small benefits to the masses of people because they don't want rebellion. They just don't want rebellion. And so now and then they give the bones, as I've said many times. And when they have a chance, look at it. They take the bones back. So the point is, this idea of democracy and who they put up for you to vote for and the better of two evils, that's the game that is being played. And most people fall for the okie doke. So that's what I'm saying. Now, uh, occasionally, uh, you might go with that game. Uh, Certain people say things like, uh, well, if you live in a uh, red states, you know who's going to win there, uh, you know, a blue state, that's something else. But uh, maybe in a purple state you can have some small uh, effect. Uh, and, and that is called, true, you know, Pennsylvania and uh, Wisconsin and places like that that are purple states. But the illusion is that you have democracy and the country functions in the people's interest. The country does not, 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 not function in the masses of the people's interest. It functions in the interest of the ruling class that is involved with capitalism, imperialism, colonialism, all over the world, and is constantly striking whatever deal they can make, to make more money at the people of the country and the world expense. What brought you to this particular analysis and conclusion? Oh, that's a wonderful question. What brought me to that is this. I went to the uh, regular schools and colleges they have here And I learned so much ignorance that I had some questions and I said, well, wait a minute, I got to find some more information. So I had to get some other scholars that uh, weren't on the uh, road of the ones that you find in most of these schools, and I had to start studying on my own. If you don't study on your own, and dig and forget the corporate media and the lies that they uh, generate every day and go along with the get off the corporate television and the corporate uh, newspapers and so forth, uh, you will be sure to put yourself on the road to be uh, ignorant. ignoramus. You have to study for your own good. So for me, I tell the youngsters that I used to teach, you have to learn on your own. You can't go on the basis of what the enemy is trying to teach you. And these people are rarely the enemy. They do not care about the masses of people that live there. They're only clear about their care about themselves. And in their small group of less than 1% of the population, they are designed everything to make more money for themselves at the expense of the people. And there's so many examples of that. And what's going on in healthcare now with the system of privatizing healthcare with this Medicare disadvantage, that's a perfect example of what is going on And in spite of the voting, the congressmen who uh, are on the the, uh, payrolls of those who uh, uh, run the country uh, got them to put in Medicare disadvantage and they're taking away regular Medicare if they can do it. So the point is uh, the main thing for people to remember is you cannot, cannot, cannot serve two masters. If you're in the the Congress, for example, you can't serve the the people and the ruling elite that's in the 1%. So who gives them the money? The ruling elite. The people do not do that. So you can talk about voting and whether uh, you want to or not. (laughs) They don't serve you unless you're paying them. So, so, so coming election day come election day are you reporting
0: to your local voting precinct or are you mm-hmm. doing something else
3: well uh for me i I got an absentee ballot uh, and I look it over and if there's some particular item that uh I feel is important enough. I may put a vote in for it, but uh, <laughs> these uh, these uh, slugs that are on the ballot and uh, these uh, people, some of them unopposed, I don't I don't uh, uh, play uh, the game of, of checking these people off. I don't have anything to do with that, and I don't belong to any other single party system that we uh, have in place here. So, uh, I don't say I never vote for something, but I'm saying that uh, uh, this is a, a masterful game that is played by the ruling class to control the people and keep the people on uh, the rats and keep them ignorant of how the system really works. Well, thank you for contributing,
0: as usually. As usual, very meaningfully today, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you
3: do.
0: Oh, you're welcome. We take a short break and come back to Wayne from Brooklyn right after that. we are listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Yutrice Lead, and we're talking about the phenomenon we know so well called Election Day. What does it mean? What is your attitude toward it? What has shaped your attitude or continues to shape your attitude? Wayne from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Good
4: afternoon, Yutrice, and to all the wonderful Good listeners. Afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon Um, to you too. Um, the elections here is always a joke. It's a good time to show. We don't check for facts here. We have, a no, we don't have a two party system. We have a system here where the rich folks decided that to keep the masses out. They will eventually lead the party, so they formed the two parties, so-called government and opposition. We, as black people, we don't check for what is best for our interests. We like to be guided. We were first in the Republican Party and show a lot of progress and improvement at times for black people when we were allowed to vote. Remember these, this party system was formed before we were allowed to vote. Women were not allowed to vote then either. but now that they have this system entrenched, they are doing their best to keep folks from forming a party to represent the people. We had this opportunity, Well, I think with Fannie Lou, when they wanted to get in, But you don't go in and beg these people, please give us a seat at the end of the table. We are here, understand your power, and we will form our own. But we didn't do that. We stick with the Democrats. What they do, we are still in the end of the table. When we do get inside, we have... Oh, I remember the Obama... I think I told you this already. The Obama situation, when um, for the greeting, we had Cynthia McKinney. Now, Cynthia McKinney is a black woman died in the world of struggle. We know that yet, um, two groups that I were in at the time that caused me to drop out because they decided to go with Obama rather than back Cynthia. I say this, if we are serious about building our party, we don't study that this time we wouldn't win and it's not beneficial. We're we wasting votes. Hell no. We build on whatever we do and keep building. This is not a one and done situation. This is something we had to be serious about and build. Now, I vote. I go and vote. Back home, we say dip your finger in the red, but you vote. But who you're voting for, what you're voting for to upkeep the same system that oppressing you for all these years. We know it. We know it. For all those folks, and I had a discussion with one of those people that encouraged the others to go vote Democratic for Obama. I said, what benefit we had from that? Eight years, what benefit we got? Well, we were seen worldwide. Yeah, we were seen worldwide as fools. If we cannot understand this system up to now, then I guess they say you get what you deserve. And to the rest of the world, it looks that that we deserve. This is what we're getting. We don't check you, Trees. All this information at your hand, at your fingertips, and we're not looking there. We go to the press, to the television, tel- tel- and we totally, totally lost when we come to this. So these things are sham, and it is proven time and time again, you vote somebody democratic. Next thing you know, they're voting, they're voting with the Republicans against your interests. And we still not get any message. Something is wrong with well, us. What in your view,
0: I get how you feel about the situation. What in your view is a better alternative
4: the only alternative is that we need a party. We definitely need a party. The one-party, two-door to, to system is not for us. It never was. Like David was saying, this was built to keep us out. The same thing with the, the, the voting for the president. Long ago, you couldn't vote for the president. They said that wasn't that the, the general masses didn't know enough to elect a president. So this was given to a select few to do. It's still up to the select few to do, regardless of what they're telling you about your votes. When we could accept nonsense like um, a UPS van full of votes disappeared, and we accept this, this thing is so outrageous to black people, and we still keep going back. When Gore won the election, he was convinced how somehow to give it up. Right. That's. It. Come on. Mr. Shapton and others went down there, and pretty soon they came back, everybody happy, their pockets full, and we accept that decision, or oh, they accepted it. But we cannot, we cannot be continually doing these things and want change. We don't want change if we do. Ah! Uh, if we're doing the same thing over and over, we will get the same result. Come election day,
0: what do you, where will you be, what will you be doing with regard to this whole issue that you just laid out for us and your thinking behind it? What will you be doing election day?
4: I will go and cast my vote. For the group that I think, um, have the best program for us, unfortunately, but the majority don't seem to think so. I heard some militant black folks telling me, you can your vote, giving it to green party. I say, well, you give it to the party of your choice and I'll do it to my choice. Especially when we see that the one of your choice ain't doing anything for us. No. We, we raise up Malcolm and Dr. King, but we don't, we don't, we're not listening to what they said and we're not inter- interested in following what they, the advice they give us. We would have been out of there already. We would have been well on the way to ruling for ourselves, but we can't do that. We don't want to do that. So we keep this um, oppressive system going by casting a vote for, for it. We need to change. And again, in a lot of ways, what you're doing here, and I hope it reaching a bigger audience and the audience grow, to encourage this kind of discussion, it needs to be done. Not take your ideas from the television or the newspapers, hell no. Your program, PRN, BAI at one time, sometimes I get confused what direction they are going in now, but we need it. We need the alternate, and we, be the change you want to be. To see, we got to do that, please.
0: Well, thank you very much for your contribution today, Wayne. I'm so glad you called in. Thank you. Thank you okay? Up next, Yvette from the Poconos. Hello, Yvette, and welcome. We
3: got to
0: do that. Please. Hello, Yvette. Are you there? Oh, I'm hearing your radio, but I'm not hearing you. So maybe you stepped out Hi, of the room for you? a little bit.
5: Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> yes. I I am so... My heart is very happy listening to all of the callers because I think all of us have... We, we're on the right page. I mean, but... um You know, to be even more cynical, you know, uh, I see people still want to vote. But I find that looking at history, the powers that be, they still will undermine, even if you go in there, say, with, you know, uh, a positive agenda, you want to help, you want to set things right, these people are not going to allow you to do that. Last night I was looking at a program with um, Henry Gates. He revisited the Reconstruction period. And I was so happy that I was able to watch that because one of the um, professors, I think he was from Harvard, he said back in the 1700s, 1800s, he's looking at government, he's looking at, he said, corruption is as american as apple pie so i said oh my goodness did it go back that far (laughs) here it is i'm thinking oh this is just corruption at this present moment no it's been going on for hundreds of years and so the people that go in with positive agendas wanting to help people, and they showed how many of our black representatives were killed.
0: But they let's get back to the question. Killed. Let's to the voting question. Excuse me? Let's get to the no, wait a minute. So that voting, voting issue.
5: I'm bringing that to where I am in terms of my lack of wanting to be a part of this voting system. It's corrupt. They don't care to put anyone in there that's not fulfilling their agenda. And you'll be sidelined if you go through. So, why am I voting? Why would I vote when I understand history? I understand, and this is what. I think most of your callers have been saying, "If you understand the history, how can you how can you go and vote in this charade? Because it is a charade right now." So, no, I'm very disillusioned about the entire system, and in particular, um, about the plight of Black people in this country.
0: What will make you? re-examine the very thoughts that you expressed today.
5: To reexamine it? If I could change yes. history? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and and we can't change history. So, I think that when you look back and the more you read and the more you start having understanding, it took me about 73 years all of my life to Really, get to this point, but it's as clear as clear can be. this is not the place for us to be, and it's gonna get bad it's gonna get worse I think um I don't know what the answer is uh, i you know in my local communities, I try to be involved with the young people coming up, but I feel so, so bad for what they have to face.
0: You don't see any benefit at all to being involved civically or to express your your opinion politically through voting.
5: Okay, who would I express my who would I express like say for example, who would I be expressing my my ideas, my opinions, too? I think that would be the question because I could talk to you. You and I could talk. and Most most probably everybody that called in today, we can have a great discussion. But who in the power structure am I going to talk to? You don't
0: feel still after all these years from the 1700s, you don't feel that there has been meaningful involvement and therefore meaningful influence and change within the political power structure, do you?
5: No. Seems like we've gone backwards. I, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, we had representation And then after we had the representation, then what happened to those leaders? What happened to all of our (laughs) leaders, for a matter of fact? The ones that were more progressive and that really wanted to see fairness and justice meted out um, for everyone. What happened to those, those leaders? Well... So, so and, right. and so, right now, we're in a situation where we basically don't have any leader that can go nationally, that can kind of rally all of us together, like you know, um I just feel like we're lost right now. I'm just feeling very, very depressed about the whole situation, yeah. And I think about my kids, and I um, wonder what their future is going to be like, and I don't see it here. I just was telling them the other day, it would be great if we could just pack up and go, as, as most of my friends would say, where would you go? I said, where there's humanity, where people can just deal with you on your character and not on the basis that, of your race.
0: Well, as the saying goes, Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in and contributing today, and welcome. Thank you.
5: Okay, take care.
6: We close out today with Gwen from New York. Hi, Gwen. You're on the air. Hi, Latrice. Um, hi. I, uh, <laughs> hi. I, I just wanted to uh, put this out to people. You know, I, we keep talking about uh, their, their corruption, but you know, I listened I've been very sick, and I've been listening to Whitney Webb a lot, and she's very interesting. I recommend everybody to take a long gander. at her show; is really good. But you know, she's uncovered uh, the huge, just, just truckloads of incredible uh, in- corruption that's entrenched in our system, and it's not been going on recently. It's been going on for years. But I think that what we have to do is look into ourselves, because I think that. We are corrupt. We are okay with having a corrupt society as long as it doesn't really rock our vote too much. I mean, we have had opportunities to vote for people that were not corrupt and we chose not to do it. And when we uh, were asked about why we didn't do it, we had a myriad of reasons for why. Uh, we, we couldn't vote for somebody that we could pre- be pretty honest and, and know that the person was pretty squeaky clean. Uh, we opted to vote for the system when the system is like a mafia system. We live, I believe the United States is just a mafia. That's what we live in. Uh, it was uh, taken over a lot in the 1960s after uh, they killed Jack Kennedy. Uh, CIA is married to the mafia. They're pretty much one and the same. Very dangerous people. Uh, and, and they continue to run the show. And as you look around at your politicians that are running, look at them carefully. Look how weak they are. And I don't mean just look at the their, their, their weakness of characters, but look at their background, too. I mean, you know, right now we have somebody in my district who uh, ran a Ponzi scheme the entire time, every time he ran for, for, for office, uh, you know, uh, and, and used the... Uh, use the campaign finance board. Like it was a gambling system and everybody knows about it. It's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, very thinly veiled secret. I, I, am pretty sure if the campaign finance board uh, ever opened their eyes, that they might notice that something's very irregular irregular with this person. And yes, this person was handpicked by, uh, by the governor and, um, he's going to do fine because, uh, she needed, she needed a black person to be in to be in a certain position and she picked up another one from our district another person who's been in office for years and who's given us nothing. I mean, no service at all. Just basically a person that sits in the middle and never rocks a boat one way or the other. So we stay where we are. There's never any change or never will be any change. And yet people vote for these people. Why when you ask me to vote for these people? Well, I knew his father uh, or, you know, or he's uh, he's the same uh, background as I am. And so you know, I can't, I can't. We we have to take some responsibility in our part in this. I mean, if we're not going to expect anything, ex- except for you know, a- a- basically us calling people out on their corruption, well, maybe we need to look into our corruption because, uh, as a society, I think that we have become so um, so okay with corruption. You know, we're so used to it. We're swimming around. Well, I, uh, we're swimming well. around in the sewer all the time. We we'll have to continue this
0: part of the discussion tomorrow because we are out of time but I want to thank you for introducing it Um, and I think it's worth some more talking so maybe tomorrow we return to this the essential subject that we tried to tackle today and I'm glad that we had the input of so many brilliant minds thank you very much and let's get together again tomorrow and do some more talking Hopefully, people will be doing more listening and listening to what you say. Thanks a lot. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.